Welcome to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast, your podcast for system agnostic tabletop role-playing game discussion. This is Bruce. And this is Trav. Welcome to our Christmas episode. Where, you know, we're, we're, we're a little shy crowd. Most of the elves have, uh, are busy getting stuff done for their families and such. But it's still Trav and I here. And we wanted to have a very special episode for uh, Gaming on the Frontier as our very first Christmas episode under the new format. Yes. So, and since, uh, since we're not in any way obligated to any particular game company or anything else, we decided we were going to do Iron GM. Oh, yes. Christmas style. I still feel so, like I should have the gong, there should be the gong here like on Iron Chef. <laughs> uh, is David like a big reverberating gong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, so you want to uh, let the audience know how we do this? Okay, with Iron GM, as I said, like the aforementioned Iron Chef, you take certain things and you whip up something. In this case, for and we've done this before, we, ta- we have, for this, a person, a place, and a thing. And out of each of those things, you come up with some type of adventure that you can run. Now, because of our open format that we have, as far as being system agnostic, kind of things open up. We can sit there and put an adventure, and we're not confining it to, like, urban fantasy or dimensional or whatever. This opens up a lot of doors for this episode. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that we have mo- a lot more room. And a little hesitant is like, oh crap, we have a lot more. <laughs> well, if you if you want to, you know, create an adventure that has to do with one of the TriTech properties, that's entirely up to you. Okay, yeah, okay. It, it's just I, I realized this as we were as I've been thinking about as we're doing this episode, and I'm like, oh yeah, as I said, bro and con, it's the same thing. We have a lot more room to work with. Oh crap, we right, have a lot right, more. and also the fact is that since we have concentrated on that for eight years, yeah. you know, it's 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 kind of it's it's, it's kind of an easy go to. But yeah. um, I plan I plan on stretching my wings and doing something with a uh if not another game system at least another game you know to try to as i say stretch out and do some things that i haven't done before anyways uh so the way we do this is is that travel pick one of four sets of things uh, a set set of, of objects that are going to be part of my adventure and which i have to treat seriously and not just say you know a uh, picture of uh, bowie Okay, I can't just say, and I walk into a room and there's a picture of Bowie on the wall. No, it has to it has to be prominently part of the story, uh, of the adventure we're doing. So that's the challenge. And what we'll do is that after we get it, we're going to shut off our mics, you know, pause our recording, and we're going to take 20 minutes to, you know, basically try to come up with as exciting an adventure as we can, and then we're going to come back and start recording and tell each other what we did. So, uh, and of course, you know, I'm sure that as we do this, you guys are going to say, oh, why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do that? Well, if you actually do say that, then say it. Get onto our forums and uh, post some messages about what you, the way you thought we should have gone. So uh, anyways, Trav has the list and I have the list. So he's going to pick 
uh, the the one for me, and then I get to pick the one for him. Oh, so, okay. Okay. Yeah, you don't get to choose. You know, you have to. You just basically ask the. That's the challenge of RNGM. You didn't have a week to basically, and I certainly, since I had it apparently longer than you, I didn't have all this luxury of saying, "Oh, okay, I got a week to write this really awesome adventure." You know, and and poor Trav's gonna look like a you know a weak sister because he didn't. You know, he only had like five minutes to figure it out. Nope, nope. <laughs> okay. You know, you get to pick the one that you want me to do, and then I get to pick the whatever is left. So uh, go for it, Trav. All right. You know, that second one. Uh, person, Helen Ramsbottom, place Berlin, thing, back home. Okay. Remember, these are Christmas themed adventures, folks. So right. Okay. Yeah. So it's t- going to be taking place at Christmas with Christmas issues. Uh, however, whatever we chose those to be. Okay. And I'm going to go straight to Reginald Blacksmith, Los Angeles, and a guillotine. That's going to be yours, Trav. Okay? So we're going to go ahead. And remember, folks, this is going to be where, because we're sister, we have a lot more options that these can go. So this is going to be taking a little more thought for us than the previous. And we've done, like, what, two or three of these Iron Adventure episodes? Uh We started off as Iron Fringeworthy, and yeah. then we we went to, we we opened it up, and I think the last time, I mean, everybody had a choice of what they wanted to do. I the last one I did was actually a hardwired Hinterland episode. Okay, yeah, but yeah, so this is gonna be, you know, we really are going to get to run off the rails, as it were. Okay, so let me go ahead and, and stop these recordings, and we'll be back. Anyways, uh, we have just spent the last twenty so minutes coming up with an adventure. Um, and uh, Trav, do you want to go first, or do you want sure, me to go first? Sure, sure. Now remember, folks, I was given, and remember, Christmas is still the theme here, so it has right. Reginald Blacksmith, Los Angeles, and a guillotine. All right, here we go. There. Hope the microphone picked up my knuckles cracking. Uh, it certainly did on my on my okay. headphones. All right, good, good. The group of investigators, a team of policemen trained to deal with unique cases for the LAPD, are called in to the J. Paul Getty Museum, the Getty. The French Revolution exhibit, currently on display, has had some strange occurrences since the exhibit's opening a week ago. The museum's curator, Reginald Blacksmith, called the police after the exhibit had been tampered with. It looked like a brawl had occurred during the night. The exhibit centers around the rebuilt guillotine used to behead Marie Antoinette in mid-1793. Today being Christmas Day, the museum is closed, so the investigation should be easier. As the squad investigates, they find a small pool of blood leading from away from the exhibit. The curator had the security footage given to the, over to the squad. Nobody but the guards were in the room, and when questioned, revealed no injuries of any type. The only direction that the blood trail could lead to is in the storage room, where other parts of the exhibit are at. Suddenly, as the squad is in the area, a ghost is seen an entire of the period, hovering by some of the effects of the famous French queen. Will the squad use their tech to attack the ghost? Will they use diplomacy, hopefully with a cop that speaks French, to find a more peaceful solution, preferably since it is Christmas? Maybe a ritual to bless or consecrate the items to release the ghost. 20 minutes. That's what what you got. Okay. All right. Okay, so this agency, uh, obviously, it could be a Bureau 13 team, but uh, can you, could also be, uh, what was that, um, special, 
I special was, Agent Five that was in Chicago, wasn't it? Uh, or special Special Unit Two? That's what it was. It was an old UPN yeah. show. Yeah. Right. Right. So and it of course, still it could be urban fantasy. Yes. Right. And of course, being in England, it could also be um, Torchwood. Yeah. Yeah. Though, of course, like I say, if it's, if it's alien, it's ours. But they probably did some other stuff too. Well, yeah. I I just. When I when I thought about this, I said, "Okay, urban fantasy. This could work." L.A. They have exhibits of various periods of history that travel across the country, and mm-hmm. French Revolution just happened to be in L.A. that day. Right. And okay. So yeah, I I still wanted to go with the urban fantasy tack because even mm-hmm. with Pathfinder, there's still a lot of stuff that they're trying to put out more modern stuff, even though it's the Pathfinder rules. And I've seen a bunch of things already come out for it so yeah have you ever seen the movie uh cast a deadly spell with fred ward oh wow way to dial the Wayback machine i remember seeing that on hbo yeah right well you know it took place in la yeah and he was he was a flatfoot who didn't like magic but oh, uh, and yeah, but, yeah, and, yeah but there was lots of that around and uh he ends up basically stopping cthulhu from showing up wasn't, Spoilers. wasn't the character's name Harry Lovecraft? Yes, his name was Lovecraft. I don't remember what his first name was, but his name was Lovecraft. Yes. Yeah. It was really obvious to anybody who knew anything about genre. So many people that I talked to, they were like, yeah, you seem to emphasize some things I didn't quite get. You know, what was this bit about a book? And so, <laughs> I was like, man, you, I'm sorry you're illiterate. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, they, they did have fun with the whole... Um, Unicorn rioting bit. As I said, it's been oh easily thirty years since I've seen that movie. Oh wow! Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to yeah. have that found again. And... I have it. Ah, I, I have it on um, you know digital version. Well, I was gonna say, go, I was gonna say, say it, say it. Go ahead, say VHS. <laughs> I I did have it on VHS, and I copied it on <laughs> digital format so I could get rid of the thing. But yeah. that's it's not the. It's not the greatest in quality, and of course, the, all the reds are totally blown out, like they always were on those VHS tapes. But, all right, so uh, uh, so is is there a, like some direction you really wanted them to go to to you know if you if someone was to do this and you had to advise them saying okay I, I, this is what I did but this is the direction I really want you to go can you summarize that for us? Well, as I said, it, I gave several solutions on how this squad, and it could be just you know. They, yeah, it's like an unofficial thing that they're... They just take these weird, unique cases. They're cops otherwise, but they just... The stuff that they can't explain, they calls out, okay, send these guys out. They deal with this kind of crap. And that's why I gave several solutions. Would they be using whatever advanced tech they have to, you know, bust the ghost, so to speak? Or would they right. use diplomacy with someone who speaks French? And granted, 1793 French and modern-day French are some differences, so the person... You'd have to make like some linguistics checks or language checks, depending on what system you use, in order to, you know, 300 years, things get lost in translation. Right. Or uh, Yeah, I, what I didn't quite understand was, is it how much time do they have to actually prepare to, for their confrontation with these ghosts? I mean, is it, is it literally they're go, they, they, they discover them at the site, or is it they've been, there's, there's been enough things leading them to know that they're there that they can like come in with some better resources 
than they might otherwise have. Uh, from what I gathered, yeah, from what I wrote here, no, it's pretty much they're investigating and they see, okay, they see the, the, the bit of blood trail leading away. And right. the place looked like it gotten trashed. Okay. And then after investigating the guards and everything, no, the ghost is there. They got to come up with something off the bat. All right, so do you think this is more of a higher-level adventure or a lower-level adventure? I'd say mid-level. They, I mean, these are they'd have to be able to think on their feet and have enough skill to figure out, okay, how are we going to deal with this now? Yeah, they got to make some. They got to make some pretty critical observation yes. checks. They're going to have to make some uh, history, you know, supernatural oh, history, yeah. knowledge history. checks, you know, just based on their own knowledge, you know. Uh, because they're not going to have much time to repair, so that means that they have to rely on their own resources. That means their own abilities have to be higher. Oh, yeah, it, it's going to be where this would have to be something where they're going to have to think on their feet because that right. ghost all of a sudden is there. Right, right. And the history checks definitely, you're going to have somebody, well, I studied French Revolution, I took a semester in college, you know, that type of... <laughs> Yeah. Because there's always okay. somebody that is. It's like Colleen, there, history major. Yeah. Oh, oh, sure, sure. You know, anybody who goes to college and is, is going for like a, you know, a history degree or a liberal arts major, or maybe they're getting a, deg yeah. getting, a degree, uh, getting a degree in English lit, you know, and yeah. so, of course, they, they also have to hit the, you know, the romance languages and things like that. So, yeah, it's a... It's something they were also doing because they had to, you know, it's, it's probably more interesting to do like a, a, a war, you know, than it would be to uh, just do a, a big, you know, the history of, of uh, China. <laughs> oh, no, you're, and you're always going to have the one guy, what, I took, the, I took a class in the French Revolution to pick up women. What, come on. <laughs> you're always going to have that one cop who, who says something like that. Right, right, yeah, yes. Oh. All righty. Okay, so mine was Helen Ramsbottom, Berlin, and Backhoe. Okay, right. so I envisioned this as a cyberpunk, cyberspace-type adventure taking place, you know, in the next... Actually, I placed it right before the, the, the beginning of the next century to give them plenty of time to get their cyber on. Okay. So... You know, it's uh, she. Um, this is going to be taking place in the Berlin underground, uh, but not the Berlin underground. This this like like the. I mean, it, um, when most people say the Berlin underground, what they're talking about is the subway system. Yes. Okay, and and I'm not saying that's not true, but it's a little different different part of it. Okay, Helen uh, Ramsbottom. She's from Manchester, England, and she uh, and she is she's on holiday in Berlin, celebrate Christmas before the new century. So, you know, she's going to get all that, you know, cool, you know, uh, you know, uh, Christmas celebrations and, and decorations and everything like that, you know. Uh, but um, she, there's, there's a, a subtext going on because she doesn't know that she's one of the descendants of John, disciple of Christ, and not only is prone to visions, but she is unconsciously driven by them. So she has come to this location, you know, to celebrate, you know, uh, Christmas, to celebrate, you know, the new century. But somehow there's a bigger purpose for her to be there. And I, and, and I have not described what that purpose is. That's really up for, you know, the, the GM to do. Now, the players 
are playing a group, a, 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 a team whose job it is to protect her from all harm while also making sure that she doesn't, she, she has the illusion of freedom, that she doesn't know yeah, she's being protected. They're supposed to be an invisible barrier around her, keeping her safe because of who she is. Uh, but they can't let her know who they are. Mm. Now, of course, you know, this is cyberspace, so they can be totally cybered up in all kinds of ways. I had this vision of this one guy that was decorate. He was basically, he, he, he was ma uh, made up to look like a Christmas tree. So he actually has like tinsel that just he get, comes out and streams out of his face and other parts of his body, forming this Christmas tree outer layer on him that he can just reel back and look like a normal person oh. when he wants to. So he's literally a Christmas tree. Okay, it's, and other people can also have also similar types of cybernations going on, and she can have them too because she's, she's a person of that century. You know, we I just didn't describe that now. You know, your agency has been has has provided you with the best of cyber gear, but agents of the radical elements of many religions know that her line exists and will stop at nothing to end the false prophet. Okay. Because John was known for being, you know, a, a visionary. I mean, literally, the the Book of Revelation is one of his visions. So they're afraid that you know she's going to come up with some at some point she's going to come up with some big vision of the future or even of the present and that's going to somehow you know cast more credibility on uh, on on christianity uh and or judaism since of course obviously they're all they're all from the jewish line uh and abrahamic religions yes yeah abrahamic religions well you know, arguably, uh, Muslim is an Abrahamic religion. Yes, and, and I'm saying usually they don't look at Christianity in that in a positive light in that oh, regard, because no. because no. Muhammad is the only prophet in, yes. now. So, all right. Anyways, um, so tonight she's going to a raid in the underground club that has taken root in the cellars of uh, Friedrichstrasse Station. I probably said that incorrectly. Sorry, folks. Which at the time of the Berlin Wall, was the only crossing point of the subway system that went under the Berlin Wall. Uh, it was a labyrinth that kept Easterners and Westerners apart and, uh, and, developed, and developed the name Trienpalast, or Palace of Tears, dry, uh, derived from the tearful goodbyes that took place in front of the building. So this place is a warren. You know, I mean, they, it's uh, the underground and everything. So it's lots of places for things to happen right next to other people, but but still, you know, uh, surreptitiously. I mean, so there's lots of opportunities for the agents to take out agents of uh, enemy agents without. And she could be like 30 feet away and may not and would not even realize this has happened. Oh, like in the you middle know. of a rave. Yeah. I mean, if you have a yeah. silencer during a rave. Nothing will be heard. You'll just be. You can even have a gun in a raid, and nothing can be heard of it. Yeah, okay, yeah. so, and of course, now pounding music, designer drugs, illegal cyber enhancements, rib for anything's pleasure, are scattered about around the hologram bordered entrance. Crowds surge in and out like a dying beast, breathing to the beat. And in she goes, brazen in her youth, and the promise of meeting some friends from social media. Of course, your team are some of those friends. Some of her other friends may be from some of the other teams, you know, who are competing with you. So, 
Your hackers have already tracked the faces and cyber signatures of enemy ages scouring Berlin for her. They are slowly closing in. You have acquired a robotic, a robotic backhoe to breach the concrete block walls to seal off some of the old tunnels you know, the sub, uh, that go to the subway tunnels, provide an escape route if needed. Uh, it is in this place, dressed as one of Santa's elves and passing out chips downloads made by local bands that are supposed to be restricted only to their paywall-paying fans. So it's basically selling illegal products, okay. you know, posing. The robot is, you know, the backhoe robot is posing like a giant transformer is posing as a, one of Santa's elves. That's a big elf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the question is, can you keep a lid on all of this, or will it go off like fireworks? And that's and that's the that's that's nice. the, that's what I've been able to complete. So uh, I don't have a you know a diagram of what the underground you you know what the underside of this building is like currently, or what you know what kind of a place it could be. But there's a lot of real you know say this is cyberspace. So all kinds of crazy stuff, street samurai, you know, the pe these agents that are coming in, they could be all those kinds of, you know, uh, the ones that are like total bricks, you know, they're like full body, you know, replacement enhancements. Oh, and, yeah. You know, so you, 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 you could be up against some serious stuff. Now, this is an adventure which doesn't require high-level characters as long as they have high-level gear. That's why I said your agency gave you the best of cyber gear. So they don't, you know, the players don't have to be hot, super high level. You know, they could, you know, they could have. I wouldn't say beginning characters, but like, you know, novice, you know, uh, you know, better, better characters, but not like, you know, in Savage Worlds terms, not like, you know, the heroic or or, or um, legendary, legendary or any of that stuff. They don't have to be that high as long as. That you know, because let's say your gear is going to be doing a lot of the hard work for you. The main thing you got to do is basically be on your toes and be willing to coordinate effectively with each other. So that's where the really good coordination and communication amongst players comes in. I I wanted this to be something where, and, and at the same time, you get to talk to her, and the GM gets to have a lot of fun with her because you know she's going to like she's going to see some of the agents and she's going to be like, hey. <laughs> and you know, and and uh, and she's gonna want to dance with them, and 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 she's gonna want to talk, and 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 do whatever that that the GM wants her to do, you know, because she's there to have a good time, you know, and uh, she's on she's on vacation and on celebration, and she's a young woman, so you know, the as far as she's concerned, you know, this is a this is this is a night to remember, so she's gonna have her own agenda going on. While you're trying to like, you know, uh, I got to, I'll be right in the bathroom. I'll be right back and run around the corner and like put a nine millimeter into into some some guy's, uh, you know, um, eye plate or something like that because you know. So I'm seeing this woman, the the religious overtones of it. So it's kind of like she's like what, like part of the Merovingian bloodline, like yeah, yeah. Except she's not. She's not. A, I didn't want to go the whole you know, the uh, daughter of Christ, because, you know, I don't necessarily buy that. So I'm uh, saying, but, you know, saying that she's the daughter of John made, you know, okay, all right. basically so covers all yeah. that. At the same time, it, it, it puts her right in the center of, of all that mysticism, you know, so, so she could be a, she could be someone who has visions 
and things like that. But she doesn't necessarily know that she has visions. You know, she has dreams, you know. So despite, so, okay, so despite the incredibly high tech of a cyberpunk setting, you still are throwing in the possibility, okay, there's some what they would call in D20 modern FX abilities where... Sure. Okay. Well, I, I'm yeah, and, and, yeah, and because, like I say, I mean, you know, if she has a destiny, you know, if God is on her side, then things are going to happen. The GM gets to throw in all kinds of accidental occurrences where, you know, at the last second, something changes. You know, all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the band stops and says, says, hey, you know, it's, it's, it's almost, you know, it's midnight, you know. He says, it's time for the countdown. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, everybody turn around and, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, uh, plug in to everybody else. Let's make this one big cyberspace adventure. Yep. You know, let's do, let's go into, you know, let's, let's do this cyber style. And all of a sudden, everybody's now in the cyber world, in the cyberscape, you know, and they're, you know, they're, now they're having to deal with each other and their cyber representatives you know, with them saying, can we, can we hack her brain now? Can we like send her a cyber psychosis, you know, and guys trying to stop them and your hackers now coming to the fore and really being the the superheroes while everybody else is basically going to have to like, you know, do their best, you know, because they're used to being physical. Now they're in cyber, you know, and so that's a, a thing they could do as a kind of a culmination. And then, you know, assuming that it all works out. Okay. Then when it's all over with, Everybody, everybody goes home, and it's like it never happened. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good thing with cyberspace and and that because depending on the mechanics you use, you could sit there and just your character can be just totally off off the off the hook. I mean, you could be the mild mannered kind of hacker, but once you jack in, you're a superhero. And right. movies like The Matrix that gives a real good example how avatars are just superhuman. Right, but also because you know, in uh, uh, spying when it's done right, nobody knows it's going on, yeah. and afterwards nobody sees any evidence of it, other than you know there might be some people that you know that maybe they died from overdosing, you know, or 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 whatever, or they took too much of a designer drug or something, you know. There, you're in a you know you're in a basement that you know is two hundred years old, so yeah. Pit, an extra, a couple extra pits in the wall might not actually be noticed by anybody. Yeah. So done correctly, uh, the 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 police force of you know, Berlin, you know, will will be none the wiser, and uh, and especially she needs to be none the wiser. She just needs to. Ha- she's supposed to have a good time with some friends that she knew through social media, and afterwards she's going to go home back to England doing whatever it is that she did back there. You know, uh, living her life and going on to the next thing that uh, her visions lead her to. All right, all right. So that's that's my idea. No, that was good. That was good. I all I right. was thinking of trying to go with a little more futuristic, with you know, with L.A. and make. I, mean, I was like, no, urban fantasy that would work. But no, I like the the cyber, the backhoe. It's like you know, it's like it's like uh, Johnny Five is alive, except yeah, he's a backhoe. Yeah, yeah. Except he's a backhoe. <laughs> Well, you know, until they need him, he doesn't really do much. I I didn't see him doing much. I wanted him to be more involved. So by making him more of like a transformer with attachments, then that that allowed them to actually bring him in. 
yeah. to this. You know, I mean, you know, an enemy Asian comes by, all of a sudden the backhoe goes clanging down on top of their head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, my. You just hear this robotic, oh, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad. As you get smacked let, with a backhoe shovel. Yeah. Yeah. Let me clean that up. Yeah. That'll ruin your day. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, also because in, in a lot of spy things, you know, they don't actually try to kill each other because if they do, then their one side is going to have retribution against the other side. So a lot of times they literally do just knock each other out and capture each other and tie them up and leave them to the next day when the whole thing's over with. And then they go back in failure and their own side will kill them for them. Right, exactly. Yeah, that that. And so also, you don't always, yeah, you don't have to get into a bloodbath every time. Well, if it gets least. too violent, you kind of out each other, you know. It's like, exactly. Yeah, if yeah, there's it's a body this, left here with strange circumstances, that might lead right. back to me and my group, and yeah. This is supposed to be covert. Yes. And I'm sure both sides want to be covert. Nobody wants to have a bloodbath in the middle of a Berlin, you know, nightclub. That's just going to get the police, that's going to get, everybody's going to be rattling their sabers after that and cracking down on on various things and making everybody's job harder. So yeah, it's, it's the whole idea is to try to be as 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 a uh, you know using your stealth, using your reconnaissance, using your camouflage, you know, and all the things that you have, you know, using your uh, active um, uh, cam, your active camo, possibly even some invisibility. Though yeah. how well that would work in the in the in the pressed environment of of, of an underground club, I don't know. <laughs> but it's 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 there you know for whoever wants well, it, it would work yeah. because you got so many people in the noise and everything that a stealth roll is really easy to make because you just blend into the crowd until you're right on top of a person so yeah that would yeah and if you're well i'm just saying but you don't necessarily need something like in uh, electronic invisibility right the electronic invisibility may be more like you hacking everybody around you to uh to a find out who they are and b to maybe uh Get, you know, hack into their visual cortexes and stick something in there to to confuse them or um, or something. You know, like you know, just like, you know, you like you, they see you walking through a, a doorway. So someone says, "Hey, did you see that guy? You know, who looks like a Christmas tree going? Yeah, he just went through that doorway." But meanwhile, you're over in another part of the of the room because they didn't see you actually do what you did. Yeah. Right. So, so shades of um, what was that guy? I can't remember what he's called now. It was uh, from the uh, Ghost in the Shell. Was an entire the Laughing Man, wasn't it? Oh, oh God! I yeah, <coughs> see that. constantly hacking people's visual cortexes, making them see stuff that wasn't there. Okay, so do you have a title for your adventure? A bit off the top. Okay, that that sounds good. I haven't thought of one for mine yet. Let me just see if I can come up with something. Um, I've got an it's, idea, and if you're an old SNL fan, you'll get it. Okay. Sprockets 2099. I don't get it, but okay. okay. Um, Mike Myers did a bit where he played Dieter, and it was okay. like a German dance show. So yeah, I remember Dieter. Okay, yes. That, yeah. Sprockets. This is the part where we dance, and you know. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, now yeah. okay. Now I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. And, and and there's no reason why Dieter can't be there in in hologram form. There you go. <laughs> Ask you know, a blast from the past from SNL because it's so much, it's so Berlinish, you know. And it, and of course, you know, the GM gets to decide what is what is Berlin like in in the in, in just shy of the 21st yeah. century. Yeah. 
So that there's some fun there. Uh, because, I mean, I, I, I didn't find anything really obvious in any of the cyberpunk or cyberspace stuff I was looking at. So it's pretty open. Well, yeah, okay. because of globalization, you could sit there and have, well, there was a phase where Argentina took over fashion. So you've got South American gauchos there in the Berlin, you know, club or whatever. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, that's... Uh... That's pretty much all we had. Is there? Uh, I, I would. I do want to thank all the people that have been uh, an important part of the podcast, uh, and wish them a happy uh, holiday. Oh, yeah. uh, because um, we're probably not going to record anything until after the holiday is over. Though, of course, you guys will be getting downloads from stuff we recorded beforehand. Uh, but uh, I just wanted to, you know, uh, thank. Uh, uh, well, I want to thank John for being with us as long as we have our. Our um, Dana, who uh, was with us uh, the last couple episodes, uh, and uh, and the various uh, hosts you brought on, Trav. Well, yes, uh, Tony Coates, who was on the season opener, right. and of course Shatan Noir, who actually we we called her and it's like, oh, we're doing this. So she had other commitments, but we thank her for her help this year. Of course, yep. Professor Pixie, who is still on. I guess you could call it maternity leave. She's she's on nursing leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that baby has to be fed every every like hour every, every two hours at the minimum. Oh yeah. Oh no. We hear the baby on like the show and during my games and everything. Oh no, this kid is just packing away the food and he's maybe two and a half months old. Just wow. Yeah. We we have yet to they have yet to come up here and I actually see the baby. So. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, we thank you know Pix for all her stuff that she's been doing, and as I've still noticed, her episodes have been some of our biggest downloaded episodes. And we thank you guys that yeah for for checking into that where I was able to lead her to her strengths, and it paid off big time. Yeah, and all all of our uh, listeners who like disappeared for a while because we weren't actually posting anything, but have come back. We want to thank you for being loyal listeners and we oh, hope yes. that you're you're getting out of it what we promised to deliver so uh because we're continuing to try to do uh to do that to the best of our ability and uh we've been having a uh, a good time doing that we're all running campaigns yeah uh, oh, no. Bruce and, and I, we we enjoy doing this still we we kind of had to you know get our footing again now that with with the change and focus what we're doing we're getting back on track. And when Bruce let me know that you guys were back in force, yeah. oh, no, I was like, yes. He, he sent me the text, and it's like, yeah, yeah. And just we're back up to this number and this percentage. It was a good feeling. It means that yeah. we, we hit our stride again. Thank yeah. you all. Right. And uh, we will have lots more for you in the coming year of 2019. I don't know what year uh, uh, year it is in, in, on the Chinese calendar. We will definitely bring you more and more stuff having to do with games, having to do with making your campaigns the most awesome they can be, trying to bring new ideas that people haven't been developing yet, trying to get into some more stuff like that. So we look forward to the new year and uh, including you in every step of the way. So please help us by getting onto our Facebook. And, and if you want our podcast to be... Heard more by people than give us a good review on, on iTunes because that always seems to make a big difference. Thanks, Trav, for, for doing this Iron GM with me. No we will have more for everybody next week.
So until then, this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org, colon 8027.